Hello, folks, and welcome to this episode of Random Cinema. Uh, I am Brennan Lumsden, the uh, failed actor and consistently failed filmmaker that's trying to make a living using his voice, and to my right is my hetero life made and best friend. Andrew Dearborn, struggling teacher and nerd about town. <laughs> I love that. Honestly, I really love that. Yeah, uh, yeah no, we are, uh, we're back. Uh, maybe you guys remember from Random, Random Cinema from a while back. You probably don't. No one does, uh, I'm, I'm sure. But uh, we're, we're back to talk about some, uh, some, some random cult films pe- people wouldn't really expect to hear about. That's the early 2010s. Yeah, that was the early we 2010s. We might not have too many repeat fans, but... Probably not. Yeah, this is... <laughs> For, for newcomers, which we're assuming most of you are, this is a show where we draw movies randomly out of a hat, mm-hmm. or in our case, a hollowed-out <laughs> zombie skull from yeah. a Walking Dead board game. Yes, not trademarked. No, we're not sponsoring Walking Dead. We have no ownership of Walking Dead. Yeah, no, not at all, but uh, we are using a game piece of theirs to randomly draw things. Uh, the first movie we pulled was Brick. Brick from 2005, directed by Mr. fucking Ryan Johnson himself, which I have some mixed feelings about as a person in general, but we'll get to that. Oh, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, he's alright. I mean, whatever. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be just an immediate diatribe. Like, okay, here's what I fucking hate about Ryan Johnson. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> no, okay, so Brick is a film from 2005, and it is a detective noir. That's what I know. Because I've never seen it. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> Detective noir set in a high school. Yeah, it's like it takes the theme of like the the classic theme of Detective noir, like hard boiled shit, like you know stuff from like like the Maltese Falcon and stuff like that. And I, I guess I guess Casablanca. Would that count as a noir film? I would say. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and it, it just like decides to not twist the genre at all or play with any of its pieces. Just place it in a high school using dialogue that was very much you know the slang that came out of like hipsters of like the '60s. And, 50, 60s, oh yeah, you know at least. So like, there's a lot of like, get it, boy, beat it, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, like, right. just a, a straight hard-boiled detective mm-hmm. PI movie set in a high school. Yeah, story got very up and coming. Uh, Joseph Gordon Lovett, who people hadn't heard too much from since uh, Third Rock from the Sun before that. So, oh, babyface JGL. Yeah, he's a he's a little man in this fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, you know, also he's, like, he, he chews the scenery, he brings it, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing about Joseph Gordon-Lovett, I noticed that he he's never really uh, just phoning it in, you know, as an actor, which is cool. And in this, there's no exception there, he's still bringing it. Yeah, he always um, he always swings for the fences with his acting, for sure. And he usually hits a home run. Um, I don't know, I I love him, but I have some I have some hit and miss mm. with, with him, with a good old JGL. <laughs> um, like, Looper. Which, again, to mention Ryan Johnson. Yeah, another Ryan Looper, Johnson film. It, it's I don't you know I don't know if it's how he played the character. I mean, sometimes it felt like. Well, I mean, like like a Bruce Willis impersonation. I was gonna say, like, what, what do you think was wrong with fair. Justin Gordon-Levitt's performance in Looper? Maybe because he was doing a bad Bruce Willis impression. Um, you know, he decided to injure himself offset just to like and have a fucking <laughs> shitty day about it. Like, just getting into character. I gotta be. Yeah, but I just I don't I don't much like him in that movie. You, yeah, it's you know. But um, also, like I mean, Looper is also like I said another fucking Ryan Johnson film where you give a guy like <laughs> enough fucking you know rope and he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> himself like okay. We'll get we'll get you Ryan. Johnson. I know. I'm really I'm jumping the gun. You're, I just want to shit on him because I know he fucked my favorite franchise in the mouth. Oh, sorry. Oh yeah, viewer discretion. Wait, listener's discretion advised. This is a <laughs> filthy podcast. With yeah. some filthy words. I'm gonna say fuck a lot. <laughs> there'll be there'll be there'll be more yeah. warnings, I'm sure. Explicit content advisory. <laughs> but yeah, like with JGL going back hopping back to JGL there. Um, hop back to JGL. His 
you know, his super hits for me, like right now, is like Mr. Corbin, which is a really good show that just started. I've not watched um, it. I forget what network it's on. I think it's FX. Yeah. Um, or Apple. Sorry, it is Apple Plus. Apple Plus. It oh is man, an Apple TV show. We figured out. We're doing um, ads for everybody right now. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Where's our money at? Yeah. Come on. Um, us a bone. First episode. First ten minutes. We've already mentioned major companies are great. <laughs> But in all, in all seriousness, though, like, his acting and stuff, like, he's writing, directing, mm-hmm. and starring in Mr. Corbin. Oh, wow. And it is a fantastic show. Cool, cool. But, like, he has some other misses for me, like, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Why, you don't like fucking uh, Robin? Just kidding. No, it's my least favorite of the that three. That me. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I've, you know. And also, like, he's he's fantastic. He tr- he's, like, so good in everything he does. He That's sinks true. his teeth into and, like, shines. But, you know, he's hit and miss, just like the director of this movie, yeah. Ryan Johnson, who, you know, I loved Knives I'm, Out. No, I'm going to say right now, for the record, I have not watched Knives Out. Which is a shame. Knives I know. Out, fantastic. You know, I have this effect I sometimes. I should have put it in the skull. Probably. Yeah. This is an effect I, that sometimes uh, a popular movie has on me. If enough people come to me and say, you really got to see this film, I'm like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait a while. I'm going to wait forever out of spite. <laughs> but I should watch it. Cause it it's, is, it's really good. Yeah, I've heard it's great. Yeah. Um... And, like, yeah. Looper, we already talked about it a little yeah. bit. I super didn't like Looper. Uh, Looper I don't mind, but it's like a leave-your-brain-at-the-fucking-door kind of movie. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we're gonna just talk about fucking... Can we just go over the elephant in the room really quick of what he did to Star Wars? Damn God. it, Ryan Johnson, you son of a bitch. You can That's make an amazing Detective so Noir... Hard. I know, he can make an amazing fucking Detective Noir film, but he, he just couldn't fucking figure out those 12 parsecs. He just couldn't fucking make that jump. You know what I mean? Oh, he just s- couldn't get it right. For I me. so disagree with you on that movie so That's much. Fair. But we're, we're gonna not- have to do it. We're <laughs> gonna have to do a whole episode yeah. on that movie. But we are but not. Like, <laughs> I not- feel. Oh, Sorry, you go. You go. Yeah, I. Uh, you know that movie we're gonna disagree on until the end of time. Yes. I feel like he did a good. I feel like he did a lot of good setup that Star Wars back that Disney and JJ Abrams backtracked on, but. At the end of the day, we're here to talk about Brick. Yes. I was going to say, we, we've... We, to, to go more closely to the point, we have come here to talk about the film Brick, which no one saw coming in 2006 when it came out, because it was made in 2005, but... Yeah. And, like, genuinely a moody, very moody piece of work. That, like, at first, you're almost like, what the fuck am I watching? And, like, okay, what's what's your elevator pitch of, of Brick? What would you... If you gave, like, two to three senses, how would you describe Brick? Uh, Brick is a hard-boiled detective story about a young man entering... (laughs) (laughs) And a dream, baby. (laughs) No, uh, about a young man entering a world that he wasn't a big fan of to try to help a woman he loves. Mm. And that world chewed up and spit her out, and he is trying to figure out what happened to her. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, that's true. Thank you, Brick. Yeah, you know, I can't even say it better myself. I think that's, that is what Brick is about. A hard-boiled detective film about getting into the deep darknesses of a small high school crime ring and, uh, and how that all comes to fruition. There's a girl, there's a brick, there's a pin, there's a brain. There's a femme fatale. There's a lot of themes in this movie. Rewatching it, I enjoyed the fact that those, those things popped up. You know what I mean? Yeah, and... One thing that I really loved that we kind of touched on a little bit was the fact that this is all set in, like, a high school world. Yeah. Um, Southern, like, a California fucking high school. Like, a Southern California summer high school. 
Yeah. You know? And, like, it's really interesting, and I always love things like that. Um, like, for example, it's a super... It, it's really different, but it's in the same realm, um, a show like Fillmore. Yeah. Which was a Disney oh. cartoon show. Yeah, which was, like... That's a great segue into a very similar theme thing. Which is a, I mean. Yeah, which is a, uh, like... Which is like your weekly, like your procedural yeah, cop drama. <laughs> but it's a hall monitor. It was law and, and order, it, but they were hall monitors in a fucking middle school. It does something really cool, and it turns high school into a city. Yeah. It turns a high school... They were like, like, how do we give law and order to the kids? Yeah. Film more, motherfuckers. That's how we're going to do it. But <laughs> they do the same thing. Uh, they do the same thing with, with Brick. It's the yeah. same idea where they turn... They take the high school that they're in, and they turn it into like a mini, like, mm-hmm. Los Angeles or... You know, California City, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character being the detective. Where he, you know, he's kind of like that fucking weird kid who, like, he like clearly doesn't like do a lot of drugs and is just chasing girls. He's like, he, he's very observational. You know what I mean? He seems like that. Like normally, he, he comes off as like kind of a weird kid. You know, but like that, that's why he's able to have those skills to pay attention to all these intricate details surrounding all this like interconnected web of, of crime and shit like that that's going on in his school. Like. I guess we can enter spoiler territory a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, he realizes that there's, like, this kingpin, the pin, that, like, basically is peddling fucking dope throughout, like, that area of the city, and he's just this fucking high schooler that's doing it. You know, it's almost like a, um, like a, a criminal organization, but run by kids that are barely over the age of fucking 19. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Which is kind of cool, because, like, that's what you would see in a detective noir kind of film that, that is, t- like, telling a really deep sort of crime murder story. We could say that too. It's about like a murdered girl, you know, and also, like, how she got involved finding a brick, which is essentially... I mean, not to say too much about it, but it's essentially it's a brick of heroin that's been compressed, and like, you know, it's kind of like, where did the brick go? Where did the money go? What do we need from that? Well, you know, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's exactly it, right? Like, it's these are the things that we can. These are the the. Um, oh, I lost it. Yeah. Don't, I was I was gonna say we can don't worry about spoilers. We can record we can a, record, we can record it. A So Andrew just tried to give me a note and slide it over to me. So in the middle of the flow of conversation, he's like, "Hey, uh, as you're talking, read this." And I'm like, "I'm not a multitask ability. I don't have that kind of." I'm a f- anyway. <laughs> well, where were we at? Okay, we were talking about the themes of the film. That's that's a generalization. Yeah. Let's talk about the style of the film. Let's talk about how it's sort of laid out. Like it's um it's very very uh well okay. Let me put it this way. If you were a film student, if you had gone to film school and you had studied a lot of films, you know, like famous films from different fucking directors that inspired you, this is kind of like what you'd want your first feature film with a little bit of money behind it. It's the kind of film that cost, I think, I think 400000 to make, but it looks like it was made on forty grand. Like the lighting, the camera work, it's all a little, a little, a little amateur, but honestly, the best kind of amateur, the kind of amateur that has a bit of charm to it, which, you know... These days you could shoot this movie on your fucking phone, but these guys, you know, used you know professional film equipment. But essentially, this was like baby's first fucking movie, and it's a good fucking movie. You know, Ryan Johnson clearly cleared his name really well with this one. <laughs> yeah, and like, not just like even down to like the editing mm-hmm. and like the cinematography, like how the shots are set up, and 
even the like the sound mixing on some scenes sets the scenes so well. It's true too, because the sound in a lot of the soundtrack and the score and shit is like you 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 could find that directly ripped out of like a fucking nineteen forties like noir film. You know what I mean? It's sort of like it it feels and it comes off like a like a just a pure detective noir movie. We said like a thousand times in this. I yeah. apologize, but like but like doesn't really wink at it. It doesn't like doesn't even tongue in cheek. It is exactly what it tries to be, and it does it so actually. I'm gonna use the word perfect. It does it perfectly well. You know. Yeah, the um, one thing for me that always stands out is the uh, is the um, the sound, like the music and mm-hmm. like the background. Like, not even I hesitate to say music because it's tones and chimes. Yeah, yeah, that set the tone so well, and how the how the shots are light are lit, and how they're and the shots are light. Yeah, how the shots are light. <laughs> the um, light is so good in this film. The light is grand. <laughs> but like. <laughs> The whole like the whole color scheme, the whole like tone, yeah, color know. tones of the shots and stuff, like they set it up so well to like solidify the fact that it is like a film. Yeah, plus like the archetypes that show up in the film too. I mean, we have our detective, we have our kingpin, yeah. we have our femme fatale, we even have a fake out femme fatale. You know what I mean? We have the brain, so it's just yeah. kind of like you know the second in command, or like I guess like the you know, we call it the backup for our main character. You know the. Uh, Informant, as it were. Yeah, he's. Uh, uh, we got the muscle, which is played with the character Tug, which is, I think, the weakest character in the whole fucking movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, the, the muscle Tug <laughs> is uh, a little rough. Yeah. yeah. In uh, in a lot of areas. Um, one like, thing you mentioned, you mentioned the femme fatale. Yeah. She was acted so well, like the character oh, was too. played so well by Nora Zetner. I know. I almost wanted to say, it, but I don't want to butcher her fucking name. But yeah, yeah I'm taking saw, a stab at it. <laughs> I was like Nora, uh, Nora Zetner. <laughs> Zetner. Um, don't at me. Um, play the the character Laura, who very much so is the femme fatale oh, in yeah. that in that movie, and it's clear that she is. Because it's a spoiler. I mean, you're, you're supposed to assume you don't, you can't trust her as a character, and like then you re- you're like okay. Well, yeah. If you but know like, anything about like noir films, you'll watch this and you'll people start picking it up. And you're like, I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> you know? As soon as like as soon as you have that first interaction. You know, as a viewer, that she's trouble, mm-hmm. um, and that, and you can tell that he knows it too, and he's playing it out. You also mentioned the um, the fake out and fatality. Oh yeah, it's the, the the theater major chick who like uh, she tries to be tries to give the character information, but kind of like gives him like sort of falsified information to lead him off the trail because she was also you know a part of the grander scheme of shit, and like it's kind of cool. Like you know, there's. The movie works on like that classic sort of three, like act play sort of thing. It does drag in the middle though. I remember you mentioning that a little bit, but yeah, there is sometimes where sort of just chews its own fucking scenery for way too long. But yeah, there are. Um, that was one downside I had to this movie mm-hmm. um, was the tailing the the back half of the second act if you yeah. want to put it that way once like kind of dragged a little bit for me yeah it's almost like there's an inciting event at the beginning of the film that sets the character on his journey towards finding out the secrets behind the brick and like his missing girlfriend and stuff like that yeah. and it does sort of start spinning its own wheels near the like near the middle of the movie and then there's almost a second inciting event that has to happen that divides two of the characters to create an added conflict that we needed to get the fucking movie rolling because at that point it was just spinning wheels 
Yeah. I think that's my only gripe with it in the long run. I actually used to... I'm not going to call it perfect anymore. I did earlier, and now I'm realizing it does have... Like, it's not perfect, but no movie really is. But, like, yeah, it does kind of get high in its own supply for a little while. <laughs> you know? And then yeah. it, it does end abruptly, too. It just sort of wraps up. All the characters end up... The justice gets served, and everyone kind of ends up where they need to be. And it's bittersweet in the end. It is bittersweet. Yeah, the ending but. for me is... Um, the ending for me is, you say bittersweet, I say a little hollow. Yeah, it just, um, just happens. Yeah, at the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, that's how it ends. Yeah. Cool. And, and like turn the movie off. One thing I want to go back and kind of correct you on. Correct me. You bitch. Flow into something you else. Um, <laughs> is you called you called her his girlfriend. It's his well, ex-girlfriend. Yeah, I guess his flame, like, his, his like, you know. Which he clearly hasn't gotten over. Yeah, no. She feels like she can't. You know? Yeah, and that's the thing too. Is like this kid, like he is pretty straight edge. There's this a fight scene early in the film he has with the character Dode, where he's like, you know, I got eight hours last night and the full breakfast because he's trying to show he's yeah. kind of this straight edge kid. Got all five senses on you. Yeah, you yeah. Um, Which is like he's a cool character, but he's the kind of guy if you like got a beer with him, you're just like you're kind of a dork. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, I feel like beyond that, like I, he's portrayed as fairly toxic well yeah you know throughout he's like, the movie um, well it's like you know how like with classic detective characters a lot of times they'd have like an ex-wife or they'd have an addiction they'd be like in a low place and then yeah. this, this like new case would be the thing to sort of give them the energy they need almost like in Blade Runner as well where you see like fucking damn what's his fucking name <laughs> he's like he's just exhausted with the job you know what I mean same idea yeah. here they need him to be he kind of like, character. Deckard, yeah there we go there we go Declan I don't fucking Declan, know. I yeah. fucking whatever but in this is the same idea. They had him kind of have to be this guy who clearly he's a hormonal kid who's got a lot of possessive issues and like just can't let go of things. He, he's the kind of character that holds on to details too long, and it is toxic. But in this case, it gave him the ability he needed to like navigate a really unsteady criminal ring. Yeah, we, for sure. But I also I I have a problem with like how toxic he actually is. Yeah. Um, and it's not so much a problem. I guess it's a problem for me because I don't like that character. But it's not a problem because it's played so well. Mm-hmm. Like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt did a fantastic job playing that character and playing it in a way where he is toxic and seems to be, like, kind of a horrible friend in person. But, like, when you think about it, like you mentioned, that's kind of how the detectives and stuff were. They had that yeah. They had that addiction. They had that ex. They had that block. They're usually, like, a romantic al- alcoholic in some way, right? Like, you know, yeah. Like, nursing that fucking brown bag bottle sometimes. Like, you know. Yeah, and they, like, they mentioned, like, she goes... Uh, Emily, the, the girlfriend, goes into why... Like she left him, and why they broke up, and why yeah. they can't be together still, and like that's just one one thing that he did as like the character that I really liked. Um, I also feel like he got his ass kicked the entire movie. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. He like, spends a lot of time getting punched. In the he beats uh, like he shows that he has like some fighting prowess and stuff, and he's quick and and he's tough. Yeah, but man, he gets that. He catches it so much in this movie yeah he does like almost like every every time he has to try and talk to someone that's gonna be like a doorway into talking to who every time he has to meet a contact that doesn't want to meet him that he needs to get to the next st- stage usually they kick the shit out of him first and then he's like okay hey, I gotta go see the pen you know like oh I gotta go see this guy and it's like usually he's like just fucking nursing like a, like a busted nose or this and that and it's like you know for like a fucking 17 year old kid I feel like he'd be a little bit more uh, roughed up a little bit more like, wow, it's like kind of his first beating in his like in his life. Why is he just shrugging it off like he's a fucking ex-soldier? Yeah, he he does take like 
he is constantly hit in the face. Oh, yeah. Stuff, so much. Um, Some of the other characters, too, that are like... I think that might be a theme to the film that is sort of like an un unexpected humility to it, is that these characters are teenagers. So, like, yep. even, like, the kingpin is a fucking dork in a fucking cape. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, even, like, Tug, he's clearly this fucking wannabe muscle car dude who's, like, just watches a lot of Jackass and Jersey Shore and shit. And you can tell that's where he gets his vibe from, you know? And, Tug in his car. Yeah, you know? And, uh... <laughs> Throughout this whole movie is... Yeah. A lot of the other characters, like, their high-octane emotions are because, like, I mean, they're all, like, sophomores, seniors. They're, yep. you know... They think they're invincible. They actually think they're invincible. Yeah, except for Pin, who is... Yeah. Older, he's out of school already. Right, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, he no, he's a bit older. He's but like twenty two or something. Such a fucking nerd. Yeah, he is. Like not in a good way either. Like this was clearly the kid who like while he was in high school, like ate by himself. Yeah. Like which is horrible of me to say and like those as a teacher as a teacher, those are the people that like I like to go talk to because that's who I was when I was fucking. Guys, everyone, uh, Andrew is a uh, professional educator, so this <laughs> destroys his career. Uh, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck son of a But you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, like those are the kids and stuff. Like, and I see myself in that kind of character. Yeah. Um, but then he becomes a drug kingpin, probably because he has access to stuff. Like, yeah. he probably started buying booze for kids, and that led to him ending up as a drug kingpin. Yeah. And that. Like, clearly is the type of kid who mistook those people as, like, friends for a while. It's true. Um, it's, it's, but it's just that sorry. he's the fucking villain. Yeah. Essentially, like, Cartman. He lives at home with yeah. his mom. He lives at home with his mom, and like, which isn't a horrible thing. Don't get me wrong, like... <laughs> he's got his cane, and he's like, I have my fingers in many sinister soups. Yeah, it's, it's the fact that he has a cape. It's like, true, he has a fucking And a cane. cane. See, clearly we're bullies. <laughs> we're just like, he's a fucking cave. Fuck this kid. Yeah. You know. But no, like... The one trap to try and not get into in this movie is you watch movies like The Breakfast Club or something like that, and you're like, I wonder which one of those characters I'd be. No, you don't want to be any of the characters in this movie. They're all terrible kids. They're all terrible people. It's yeah. like you could, don't watch the movie and go, oh, I'm that guy, because you just won't be happy with yourself. Like, the character I related to most was Dode, and I hate that. I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, this is a stoner sort of burnout. They, you know, they're emotional. I'm like, oh, I relate. That's right. I didn't relate I to the kingpin. I relate to who the kingpin used to be. Oh, I see. Before he became yeah. the kingpin. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing too, right? You're just like you know, I'm on the brain. Like I'm the kid that like had the had the answers to the questions, or oh. would go look up the answers to the questions. Yeah, I gotta say the, the my favorite fucking scene in this movie too is it's pretty understated because there's a lot of great scenes like that hallway chase and the other cool stuff yeah, like that, right? We, I got I want to talk about that hallway cool, chase, cool. but let's. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, my favorite scene in the film is when he like gets brought into the office for fighting, and he's talking to the vice principal, and it's legitimately that kind of like "give me a badge and gun" kind of scene, yeah. and it's so played for like it's played so seriously, but and almost to the point where you you almost don't want to laugh, but it's kind of absurd. It's yeah. kind of absurd. Like, and there's a lot of points in the movie that that are so tongue in cheek like that, that that it almost works. The absurdity works. Yeah, you it's know? <laughs> it's a scene like that that I feel like is really pivotal and really important because. It reminds you that it's set in a high school. Yeah. But the dialogue and like the 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 visuals is very much so a vice principal talking to a it's teacher. A student, yeah. But with the I'll audio, see the parent teacher conference. Yeah. It's like, oh like, shit. <laughs> the dialogue for it is amazing because yeah. it very much so is that like 
He's getting written up. Pretty commissioner much. reaming out his detective, or the yeah. chief of police reaming out a detective. And like the bit it leads to too, where he's like, he's like, okay, I ain't gonna penalize you, but you gotta go undercover for me and find out what's going on. So yeah. he's like, I'm not gonna like write you up or suspend you or like call you into the office. I'm gonna give you jurisdiction to, to go and do things you shouldn't be able to do in the school because I need to find out what happened to this girl. And it's like, that's yeah. great. Yeah, it's that's that so moment. It's cool. that moment in like <laughs> in the in the cop movie where. The chief is like, you know, you can't do this officially, but yeah, I'm gonna let you, you know, do this. we'll give you leeway <laughs> as long as you get results. Yeah, he's like, um, you can you can kill anyone you want. You can blow up as many cars as you get that <laughs> conviction. Or, you know. It's that lethal weapon moment. You know? <laughs> yeah, and I like I really like it, you know, because at that point he's like he's given sanction basically by like by the station to be like, all right, you're on the case. Yeah, <laughs> like that's fucking awesome. Uh, my favorite scene in the movie is the hallway chase. Nice. Um, that is, I think, one of the most interesting shot scenes in a movie and it's like such a unique take on that whole idea of the detective being chased because there's always a chase scene oh yeah you can you know? show people that scene without even showing them the trailer and you can sell them on this movie you can be like yeah. this is a, a well-made film <laughs> and i think a major thing with that your I boy really, jgl <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, like the thing that i like about it is that the sense of space that you get because these hallways for lack of a better term because it's an outdoor school yeah it's, it's in california. california yeah everything is outside yeah um but the way he runs down the concrete paths and stuff, and they're completely empty, and the way his shoes echo. Oh, the sound editing. It's pivotal. so good it's for pivotal that. Too. And I don't want to spoil it, but I mean, it's cool that like he, he tracks the sound of like <laughs> this guy chasing him in boots, and he's in fucking cowboy like lower. Yeah, he's in like loafers. Yes, yeah. and you can see as he's running from him too, he's sort of like getting a, a sense of the rhythm of it. He's like, okay, I know where yeah. he is, and like that's it's just cool. And then using that like, like using that sound to his advantage. Like how you, how that whole scene culminates this is so like it is. satisfying yeah. on like, so many levels. Like I, like I agree with you. If I have if I had to pick one scene for this movie to show somebody to sell the moment, that's the scene. Yeah, I would pick. that chase scene's gold. Yeah. And that tells such a story in itself because like it shows like how tough and how like, how calculated he is. How calculated he is as well. He thinks yeah. on his feet and it's almost that's the word I was thinking, trying yeah. to think of. Yeah, how like. Like how he uses like his smarts and his, intel- his yeah. intellect to like because he doesn't fight well. We see yeah. the movie the whole time. He's not the kind of guy to take things straight on because he's he gonna can, get his ass kicked. He, he can killed. throw a punch. He can take a punch, but, but not like for long. <laughs> if he can get like if there's a way that he can get out of it, that's what he's gonna do. And yeah. He's very good at seeing those ways that mm-hmm. do the like maximum damage for minimum like wear and tear. Well, that's the thing about this film too that I kind of liked, and I noticed it rewatching it. Is I really enjoyed like the cinematography of it, and like I, I hate to be a, a fucking nerdy weeb about this, but like this this reminded me of Cowboy Bebop, and like he kind of was this like weeb. sad boy spot like Scott Spiegel, you know, or uh, Spike Spiegel, you know what I mean? And I was kind of like, there's some similar tones for me here. Plus some of the cuts in it too, like when like that weird black tarp like comes out of that fucking like tunnel and goes over his face as the sheet. Like, there's a lot of like really stylized cuts like that. that just kind of remind me of like mature anime. You know, and I can I know Ryan Johnson's a fucking anime fan too, so I'm not surprised that he's like taking some cinematography notes from that kind of world. But like it feels like a little bit like Vivo. Yeah, the a uh, <laughs> the culmination of the film, like the final few uh, the final few events that happen mm-hmm. in, the, in, the the film, in the in the in the pin's basement, I think the way those are shot in it yeah. is so unique. Like mm-hmm. him getting out of like that situation, getting through like that press of bodies and stuff. Yeah. 
to get like to get out how he does like, that's so well shot mm-hmm. and plus, plus that like that part of the film too is its own little short film in a way too like that second act or that third act is almost like that yeah. inciting that second inciting event you're just sort of like its own little mini film now like, like all of the conflicts are divided at that point so it's just cool yeah and like some of the cuts and stuff like in in that sequence especially like that final sequence with yeah the pin, that really like for me sticks out as like as you put it, like some anime editing, like, yeah, you know, like you get those, you get that feeling for stylized sure. Stylized visuals, yeah. Um, I just go up a little bit. That's all. Do you have any other notes down no, there? No. Oh, that's it. Eh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is just gray air now. We don't have to. Yeah. This is dead air right now. I can cut this out. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sure. Um, cool. I mean, uh, what else do you want to talk about when it comes to this fight? I think we can wrap it up. Yeah, we can probably wrap it up. We're at, um, this is all again dead air. We're at 27 minutes now, so we'll probably, yeah. probably cut the last couple minutes. But. Yeah, we can, we can trim this. Well, um, yeah, we'll, right. we'll wrap it up quick. Yeah, we'll jump back into it, I guess, uh, with a... Uh, yeah, we'll move. Okay, I don't well. want to finish this. Yeah, no, Brick is, uh, I gotta say, I, I didn't give it a lot of credit back in the day. We watched it a couple times. Rewatching it now, years later, also that, like, my, like, filmmaker and performer's mind has had, has had a little bit more time to grow uh, and ferment, as it were. Uh, I can look at this film with a lot more respect in a different light, and I do recommend it. I don't really feel like I'm in the realm of giving fucking ratings or, like, gratings on films, but I would say, yeah, no, check it out. <laughs> that's what I, I would say. I would agree with you. I would say definitely check it out for me. Um, Especially if you haven't seen a really good noir film, you don't really want to do all the fucking the, the painstaking full meal of going back and watching old classics. This is a really nice way to just step into that world for fun, and it's not going to waste your time. Yeah, for me, it as as not being you know a film student or anything like that, just being like a, a guy who likes yeah, being more the fan than a student of film. Um, well, I I uh, I loved it the first few times I saw it. Um, this was like my seventh or eighth time watching it. Well, don't you own it? I, I do. Look. I own it on DVD. Yeah, I had to look for this thing. Um, could, it was streaming nowhere. I couldn't. I was like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know where to fucking watch this thing. Yeah, Eventually, no. I found a copy. Of it. I, I own it, and it's great. Um, I still think it has the rewatchability no, that I, I once thought it did. I agree. Um, I did find like, especially in the middle, once I like, there's these there's these moments in the first act and in the third act that like stand out are very visually appealing yeah. to me. In the middle act, there's less of that. For it's me, true. like there are less, like other than the once, hallway chase. Once Brendan has, in his words, shaken things up, he's sort of stuck shaking for a while. Yeah. The, the movie starts to begin again. You sort of get like the minutiae of the other characters for a bit, and it does drag a little. We're just like, yeah. okay, I don't care much about the pin and his beach and blah. Yeah. <laughs> See, for, for me, it is exactly that. Like, there's a part, like the, the back half of the second act is yeah. a little dry for me, they show especially so on rewatches, and yeah. like the ending being a little hollow for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it hit really good the first couple times by this time i was like oh yeah that's just how it ends right it just ends also like i remember watching this film back in the day and feeling like it's so fucking violent too there's action looking back there's it's pretty tame movie there's not a lot of fucking like there's some fights and stuff there's like no guns really in this movie except for like here and there it's not really an action film it's like it's it's like i remember i kind of remembered it differently it's like yeah it's a kid's like that's the other thing that makes it that you know firms it in your idea that they're in your head that it's a high school film is the lack of guns. Yeah. Everything yeah. is They're muscles. Kids. Everything is like hands. Like, I think there's a knife at some point. Oh, yeah. But like, a gun, having a gun is like a really important thing. It's like a show of power. Yeah. Yeah, you know. 
I think it's one of those films that it's it's good, it's a good film. It's a great film to watch if you want a good time, just not one for a long time. Uh, rewatchability, a little tough, but a good. You should check it out at least once. Yeah, you know? it's definitely worth. And worth the status of being a cult film, because it became a cult film overnight. Maybe not everybody's favorite, but I do see its place in, uh, in you know, in him, or in him, <laughs> in film history for being a decent film. For sure. And yeah, it's it's definitely highlights, is a highlight for Ryan Johnson. You know what? Fuck Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Fuck him running, okay? Because I know, because we're probably going to talk about another one of his films at some point in the future, and I'm just going to be like, this guy, man, I have a love-hate relationship with that bittersweet son of a bitch. <laughs> well... Andrew? I think that's about it for Brick. I think that's it for Brick. Go watch it. It's good. Maybe not. Maybe don't watch it multiple times. Yeah, but don't definitely watch it once. Watch it with a, a keen eye for detail. Don't watch it yeah. if you're stoned. It's a very pretty. <laughs> it's a very pretty film. It is. And it's a very well made film. Yeah, you get some baby JGL too. Yeah. <laughs> and now it is time to draw. It is time. Let's our get our film. Bub the zombie. Bob the Zombie. Yeah, Bob the Zombie. Uh, we're going to sift through his uh, magical mind and find us another decaying classic. Alright, so the next film we're going to talk about is Children of Men. Fuck yeah! 2006. Ooh, I love that movie, This man. is one that you put in. I did. I, it is, because I own this film, and I have watched it about four times during the pandemic. Which, by the way, I hope everyone's doing alright. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hope everyone's doing okay with the pandemic as well. But, yeah, this is definitely a movie I'm stoked for. Like, this is a movie that I'm going to, like... You're going to have to shut me up sometimes about it. I will go on yeah. more. I've written two essays about this film. I fucking love this movie. This film, yeah. this film helped me get through film school. <laughs> this, is definitely, this is definitely a film that I'm really excited for. So, yeah, it's going to be great. Until next time, I'm Andrew. I'm Brennan. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you later. This has been Random Cinema. Take care. Bye bye Things are now over. You can get up out of your seat, uh, clear the theater... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs>